time for Larry No Spots. My guests tonight, John Follow Through Blue. Introducing. p.m. One day after the final of Summer League, we have seen the draft picks, and that's the last basketball I guess we'll see until the start of the season, Uh, starting, of course, with the New York Knicks, who, after draft night, it seemed it was a little unexciting. They traded away one of their picks. They traded down. They picked two older guys in Quentin Grimes and maybe Deuce McBride was a freshman. I don't remember. But they killed it in Summer League. And now I got to say, they had a great draft. And I'm like, after constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop with a Knicks front office, it's, I, I trust them now. I got to say, this is a good front office. Max, you're a lifelong Knicks fan, lifelong New Yorker. Um, what, what do you? Th- what's your impressions of this this crop of Knicks rookies after summer league? Yeah, well, I feel like I had the exact same reaction on draft night, probably the day or two after, before realizing, you know, I think Leon and crew have earned our trust at least for a little bit, and then I think all expectations were exceeded during summer league, both these guys look great. Yeah. Their games totally modern and transferable to what we want right now, which is great defense, great shooting. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm quite optimistic. I think even Sims might, you know, have a little bit of an NBA career there. He reminds me of Mitch in a lot of ways. And it's for once, it's a, it's a pretty good time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah. John, have you, did you either watch any Knicks games or watch any highlights see any of McBride and Grimes yeah yeah they're they're definitely good I I would you know keep the (laughs) keep the champagne corked for uh for now I I feel like I feel like you just don't know with Tibbs like he's right Obi Toppin was a top 10 pick right and I don't know if he's unplayable because he looked good at times during summer league and he looked better towards the end of the year, but is Tibbs going to put these guys on the floor? Is he going to develop these guys? And I just, I just don't know. I, I think, I think Tibbs likes middle-aged guys and he likes <laughs> driving those guys into the ground, which is great for wins today. But yeah. I, I just don't know about his track record as a player development guy. That's, that's the only thing. Yeah, he's going to be I a think great, they have talent. He's going to be a great regular season coach. He's always going to demand the most out of his players and they're going to treat each game like it's a regular season game. They shorten their rotation like in the preseason basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, quickly and you alluded to Obi Toppin, both looked great. I think so this team is you know, at, at times last year I would understand uh if say Toppin wasn't doing well, he'd put Randall back in there. And then Randall ended up with 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> that, that's a Tibbs game. And then, uh, you know, other, other things like that. Even though they were a deep team last year, I think they're, they're an even deeper team this year. If, if he continues to ride RJ and Randall into the ground and doesn't, rely on this bench and doesn't even try to get Grimes and 
and uh, and and McBride into the mix. That's an organizational failure. Like someone in the organization has to tell him he can't do that in the regular season. And I know you want to give your coach leeway, but you have to some at some point monitor this. It's like these are your assets. You got to take care of them. Um, but I, yeah, <laughs> he's never done that. So who's in a way, in a way, I feel like they they've forced his hand by getting two point guards who are 31, 32 going on like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. These guys are gonna have to get in some games. Even Burks has some injury issues. So I think that Randall and Obi is a different story, but for the young guards, I think I think one way or another, whether he wants to or not, they're gonna see some action. Did you see, I think during the press conference yesterday when they were introducing Kemba and Fournier, uh, Kem, like they asked, someone asked Kemba if he's going to play back-to-backs and then he like smiles and looks over at Tibbs and says, ask him. And Tibbs goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, even in these summer league games, like quickly was getting a ton of minutes, not too much because these summer league games are only 40 minutes long, but like, I don't know. <laughs> He's got a... I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I do also think that the first year of being a competent team, there's more pressure to play your good guys for 43 minutes a game. And now that everyone's going to be a little more comfortable, can settle into their roles, I also hope, despite his track record, Tibbs is more comfortable giving some young guys some opportunities or giving Randall even like a night off, let's say, though. I think there's no way Tibbs is doing that. Right. Uh, I, I do hope that now he's kind of established them as being a playoff team. He doesn't need to go so go, go to 11 every single game. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I like that. And if I don't think that can, pot, I don't think that can come from Tibbs because I just don't think he's wired that way. But I think the organization should be saying, we cannot win the championship this year. Yeah, And if we don't develop these guys to a point where they're either assets we can trade for a lot or guys we can play, we won't win the championship ever. So it's got to be, it's got, he's got to balance both. And I think you're right. I think he's got a better chance of balancing it this year than he did last year. Um, but someone's yeah. Got to probably sit him down and talk to him. <laughs> I hope, I hope it works out that way. Yeah. I hope so. I hope he, Grimes and McBride, at least they, especially with Grimes being a little older, they seem like more NBA-ready prospects. I, but although we saw with Obi, Obi was supposed to be the most NBA-ready prospect in the draft, and and he didn't get a lot of time last year. Yeah, these guys have to grow. They have to grow on the court. Um, mm-hmm. So someone's got to someone's got to do that. Um, what do you, uh, what do you think of Toppin? Do you think do you think he's a future starter on like a, a good team or is he a bench player or or worse? Oh, sorry, John, what do you think? Oh. Um I I mean he's I think he's a starter. I think he can start in the ABA. I don't know if he can start on a really good team, but I think he can get um I think he can get minutes on even a good team, like off the, off the bench. Um, I think last year was really hard and I, I feel bad like putting it all on Tibbs because part of it also was the compressed schedule. Like there was no training camp. There was no preseason. There were no practices during the regular Mm. season. And so I feel like to come from an abbreviated college season, no tournament, no, like, real pressure situations. He's playing at Dayton, right? He's not on national television. I think they were ready to be a one seed before. Yeah, they, there would have been some real pressure in the NCAA tournament if it had happened. And to go from that to just, like, okay, you can come in for, you know, eight minutes or six minutes in an NBA game, and then you better hit all your defensive rotations, and you better do this. I think it was, I think it was a lot. I think it was a lot, and I'm not surprised he didn't do that very well. And I'm not also not surprised that Tibbs got, you know, frustrated quickly and, and yanked him, whether that's fair or not. Um, I think Tobin, I think Obi Tobin, 
Obi Top Obi Toppin has I think he has real potential. I really do, and I think he's got to be developed. But um, yeah, um, I think I think he could be a starter and get real minutes on a good team. Yeah, I think just looking at the place he's at now versus the beginning of last season, he looked like he had no idea what he was doing on the floor. He was always in the wrong spot. Uh, his teammates were getting visibly frustrated with him at times, and he just looks like a competent NBA player now. And granted, it's the summer league, but you could even feel it in the playoff series last year. Mm. Uh, he has more intensity on defense. He's rebounding the, the ball well, and I just think he's a – he, he's clearly made a ton of progress in this short kind of weird season. So what's going to happen when he can actually get coached up. Uh, but one, one thing about him, and I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Do you think he could play with Randall in the front court? Because I was begging for that in the Hawks series. Yeah. And based on the signings of Noel and Taj plus Mitch, I have very little faith, uh, but it was something I've kind of been hoping for for a few months now. Yeah, I think he can, and they sh- certainly should. Um, they should at least try it. I, I feel like that's another Tibbs hang-up. You know, Tibbs, may- maybe I'm stereotyping him too much, but he seems very hard-headed and set in his ways. That's that's kind of always been the critique of him, old school. And he, he seems to just love having a traditional center, even though Taj is small, but someone whose whose job is to just protect the rim, who's like a rim runner, not a not a guy who's going to stretch the floor, and that's why he's going to play Noel a lot. He's going to play Taj a lot. Hopefully, Mitch is healthy this year. He's going to play Mitch a lot. But I'd like to see it. Um, do you, it, Max? Do you think if if they were to do that, would I guess it's it's nominal anyway, as far as who would be the center, but would, would it more likely be Obi or Randall? Yeah, it's, it's tough to know. And I guess it depends on matchups, but I think about with the Hawks series, when Collins was playing the five or Okongu was playing mm-hmm. the five, either you could put Randall on either of those guys. It's not, I, I think it's not a stretch for him. He's, he's clearly a big guy. Uh, and if, you know, with the switches, it, it makes things different. I mean, you know, the, the center is not screwed on a switch like he is when it's Noel or Taj because yeah. you think Obi will always kind of stay in front of these other guys and Randall can stay in front of these guys. So like you said, at this point, it's like nominal. It's all interchangeable. They're all getting pulled out to the perimeter anyway. Uh, so it, it's really just about what they can do on the offensive end to see if it, if it makes up for losing a Noel or a Taj. Yeah. Aside from that, one thing that confuses me about Obi, um, this is very much be, me being an armchair, I don't know what you call it, an armchair doctor or physical therapist. Like, I notice his, his shoulders are hunched, and <laughs> he has very skinny legs, uh, as, as we've seen in some pictures, which is confusing because he's so athletic. You would think he's got great body control and he uses, like, the right muscles and everything, but, like, the, the critique coming out of, of college for him was that he couldn't play defense and that his center of gravity was like, they would jo- jokingly say his head. Um, <laughs> so I, I just wonder what's going on there. And I, I, uh, I hope that along with Leon Rose being and his staff being a good front office in terms of talent, uh, talent evaluation and asset evaluation, I hope they have a good player development squad and a good like physio department to just like teach him to, or give him some leg strength. But, but what do I know? Because he's, he's got crazy athletic leaping ability. Mm-hmm. So that's my thoughts on Obi. <laughs> and I will just say there, people are talking about the, those who are overqualified to be in summer league and quickly his name comes up oh, on this yeah. list. And I think Obi are, you know, he's probably not overqualified, but he looked like a grown man playing against kids from sometimes. And I think that that's going to be huge for him too, because his confidence, he's playing with so much more confidence and he is carrying himself in a totally different way. I don't see him kind of looking like the scared kid he was with his shoulders hunched. And I just think he has explosiveness. And if he can just get unlocked and kind of get out of his own way, 
he's going to be a very different player this year and, and for the next few years. Yeah, maybe it's just posture. It's just fear posture and not uh, his athletic <laughs> posture. Well, I hope, I, as you said, the explosiveness, and I hope he he takes it upon himself to drive to the rim more because that's where I think he could be a special player because he's going to bring guys out to the perimeter because he could shoot okay enough, and if he starts driving, like a like a former in his prime Amari Stoudemire, I mean that that then you have something special. Quickly, he played a lot of point guard in summer league, overqualified against the, these uh, opponents. But did pretty well. Had a high assist numbers. I, I can't imagine him with Rose and Walker on the team getting much minutes. But I don't know. Uh, Max, do you think Tibbs would experiment in like lineups with two ball handlers and maybe having like Fournier at the three? Or, or do you think even like do you think quickly has promise at the point guard position? Well, I think first the Tibbs question, it seems like he likes playing units together mm-hmm. and he does this kind of mass subs. So I do think it's going to be a lot of Rose quickly and Burks together. And they kind of related to the thing about position with basketball we were discussing earlier. Every team now wants these multiple ball handlers and to have multiple ball handlers on the second unit is going to be a good thing. Uh, so that the fact that he showed some promise is definitely promising for the bench mob. That said, I have not been so impressed with this experiment with him at point guard. Okay. And the counting stats tell a different story than my eyes. He, he has these like three to four OB alley-oops a game. And I feel like we almost shouldn't count those toward his like ability to be a point guard. So you take those highlight plays out. He has some bad entry passes. He makes some really bad decisions, and he's been really inefficient. And I think that he's still young, and he wanted to be the you know big guy on campus during summer league, show that he was overqualified. But he can't really play with that like recklessness and that inefficiency if he actually wants to be an NBA point guard. Uh, and I think his passes need to be crisper. So he he is he has certainly shown promise, but I would not feel confident with him running, you know, the, the, the real second unit. I'd, I'd prefer to him to get some possessions as the primary ball handler, but defer to Rose. Yeah. I, I think he, um, well, we saw it a lot last year is he's always looking for his own shot, um, which you kind of love uh, as seeing that kind of confidence, um, but maybe not the best skill if you're supposed to be a, a distributor. We talked about Tibbs not necessarily liking rookies or letting them play through their mistakes. Um, someone who never got to really play through his mistakes on the Knicks, uh, our favorite player here on this show is Frank Nilakina. Um, and just, like, my my last four years have been... Um, just like watching every Knicks game and just frustrated about his lack of playing time and, and the guys he was losing playing time too, like, you know, whether it's Peyton or, or Jarrett Jack or, or whoever, uh, or Alonzo Trier, like just what a terrible situation he was drafted into. The, the, the Knicks, the Knicks did wrong by him, which Whatever, I mean, he it's not it's not the new guy's fault because they didn't draft him. But I, I'm just sad. And now I'm just wondering if he's even gonna have a job in the NBA. And John you think Leon, Yeah, go ahead. You think Leon gave him Chinese Rosetta Stone lessons on the way out? <laughs> you're uh oh, I see what you're saying. Got it. Um, he, he played very well in China two years ago in the, in the FIBA tournament. <laughs> well, if he, if he plays, I'd hope he, you know, it's possible he could go to EuroLeague and perform well there, maybe get a chance again in the NBA. Players do that, but I don't know. It, it, it can't end like this. <laughs> this has been like 
but maybe again. I don't know, John, do you see him being on an NBA team this year? It kind of feels like the music has already stopped. Right. Right? Like, I don't, um, I think, I think, you know, obviously their Knicks fans are kind of split on, mm-hmm. on Frank and their Frank stands and their anti-Frank stands or, or whatever. And I, I know, I know you love him. I think he's got a lot of potential. The situation was certainly wrong. Yeah. for him it doesn't mean he would have excelled in the right situation right um but i would love to see the guy get a chance i i really would um i think you know he played he, i wish he had played more in the olympics i really wish he had played more and looked better and freaking started mm-hmm. like that would have been that would have been awesome and and so it makes me think that it's over in America for now. Mm-hmm. But because if he's not even playing in those games or not even starting in those games, and then um, so maybe Euro League, he can, I don't know, do have a couple of good seasons and come back. I hope that's not the case. I really, really hope that's not the case. But I just, I, I don't see teams taking him on as a development project unless it's, you know, a team that has some injuries and needs to fill in gaps. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Thank you for your condolences. I think he, um, yeah, if, if teams still view him as someone who needs to be developed, then I, I think they're just not going to, they're not going to want to pay for that. They're going to want to wait for him to develop and then maybe try to bring him on the way like, teams have brought on pj tucker or other guys from overseas uh yeah and he can't get like it's not like he's totally blameless because he's lacked confidence he's and maybe some bad luck with injuries but in even in the olympics he would miss the first few games with a sore groin or sore whatever lower leg injuries yeah um i just hope the knicks didn't ruin him (laughs) which they might have it sucks, man. It yeah. sucks. It makes me like, resi- it makes it like last year was hard for me. To- <laughs> it was so hard for me. It was a really tough year. Uh, I mean, the pandemic was fine, but like 2020 was terrible in terms of Nilakina playing time. But it was, it was, it was, in a more serious note, it, it was hard for me to like enjoy this, like this, this, resurgent Knicks franchise because I'm just still like, why isn't he playing? And I, I think he could have played in the in the in the playoff matchup against the Hawks. Anyway, that's the weekly Frank. Um I'm still not giving up until until the music the, the music officially stops when the season begins. Um maybe Well do you think do you think he would do a, a two way? You think he would that, be open to that? I don't. That's a it's a good question because maybe that's all he could get, and if he can can get more money in a euro for he might be able to get more oh, money on a more euro money. He'll get more money in Europe. Yeah. It would be if he would take the two way as like the you know. I'm, I'm good enough and I can prove myself yeah. and I can get on a 10 day or whatever and make a team. Like, I think the money, especially with his connections back there, I think the money would definitely be bigger mm. in Europe. So mm-hmm. talk about, you know, betting on yourself. Mm-hmm. I, who, who do you think he even views himself as now? Like who's his ceiling comp? I, I the Knicks have, kind of destroyed him to a point where I don't even know what position he plays anymore. Yeah. It's, it's confusing. I mean, actually, towards the end of the season, when they kind of gave up on the idea of him being a point guard and played him as, like, a 3-and-D wing, especially that game against the Lakers that went to overtime, I don't know if you remember that, he was great in that role. And I think, I think that's his future. So his comp, to me... Um, it's probably Kawhi Leonard. You know, Kawhi <laughs> got a shot later, and his I mean developed a shot later. <laughs> what about like a, a Tony Allen or something like that, where it's 
a zero on the offense, but elite but he, defense. He sh- like it was a limited sample size, but he you know shot something like 46 40 over 40 percent from three last year and he was in the 90, okay, 99th percentile from the corners so and so bruce bowen is that is that bruce, bruce bowen, bowen then, maybe just a corner specialist i mean i always thought his uh, well one comp could be um austin rivers uh and another one that you know back when he still had more promise a comp i always thought he could be was Marcus Smart, like some point guard skills, a better shooter than Marcus Smart, and then maybe not quite the defense, or maybe be- maybe as good defensively. Not as confident as Marcus Smart, <laughs> no. for sure. Yeah, he needs. Exactly. Yeah, all the guys in there: Tony Allen, Marcus Smart, Bowen, Raja Bell, like Beverly. These guys are all dogs, and he yeah. just fortunately is not a dog. And maybe if Tibbs can't get that out of you, I don't know, maybe going home to France for a year or two. Yeah. And maybe he might go to France just because he's like more comfortable. He just maybe doesn't want to deal with the stress of the NBA anymore. Well, when, when the, when the, when the music finally does, when, when it's official that he's either not on a team or signs elsewhere, I'll uh, I'll be sitting Shiva for for Frank here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on from the Knicks, uh, let's talk about your Houston Rockets, John. Uh, they they looked like they had a pretty good draft class between Jalen Green and Alperin Shangun. Uh, you you wanted Green over Mobley, right? I did. I did. I just, um, I'm not, I think Mobley might be great. I don't know. I just felt like Mobley was um, boosted by DeAndre Ayton's playoff run and everyone thinking, oh my God, look how great this guy is. We should get another one of him. And then also just the fact that he was a man among boys (laughs) in, you know, like he was just so much bigger than everybody else. When I watched him play, I was like, well, he's not that much bigger than everyone in the NBA. He's that much bigger than everyone in the Pac-12, but um, but he's definitely. I mean, but the size is only one thing. Like he he can move. Like he is he is great. I think I think Mobley will be awesome. But I think I think Jalen Green is um, electric, and I think he's the guy you want on a bad team because he can just he can just go out there and be terrible and he can get those reps and then, you know, like whatever, there's no pressure to win. He can just, if they develop him and he's willing to be developed, I think he could be unstoppable. Whereas Mobley might actually be able to play on a really good team in like another year or two. Right. Um, I think green, I think he's a little raw, but I think his upside is higher. Um, And I think, I think he'll be, I think he'll be great. I really do. You definitely, he definitely flashed some some signs in, in summer league when he was still playing, and um, with a with a pick that high, and a, and the number two pick in this type of draft, you just don't want to miss. And so far, signs show that they didn't miss, even if Mobley ends up being better. Right, uh, right. Max, did you have any thoughts on like who should be who Houston should have taken it to? Or, or do you? Th- I, I was a big, I was a big Mobley guy. Okay, but uh, that I didn't, I was not watching many G League Ignite games, so <laughs> I don't really speak on Green that much. Uh, I just remember that one comp that said, you know, he's Chris ba- Chris Bosh on offense, Anthony Davis on defense, like the greatest player of all time. Obviously, it's pretty lofty goals to reach, but yeah. I, I do think that having one of these big switchable guys seems to be the trend right now. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Of course, I got to bring it back to the Knicks. It almost seems like finding these, these guards who can hit threes and play defense and create some shots is easier to do now than finding a, a switchable bit. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you look after the top three picks, it's a lot of these kind of shot creating guards and, and, I think Mobley just has a chance to be a unicorn. 
Yeah, and he, and he also showed some flashes. There was, I mean, there was a, I think the first night of Summer League, there was a Houston versus Cleveland game. It was pretty exciting to watch them going toe-to-toe. I also, in that game, got to see, got my first look at Shangun. Um, I, I loved him. He's just like, <laughs> he seemed fearless. He had the confidence yeah. that a Frank Nilakina needs. And just, he, you know, he was a bruiser down in the post. Seems like he's good defensively. I, I, I kind of love the way he talked. Did you see clips of him talking to the ball at the free throw line? Yeah, that's weird, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the announcer was saying nobody's ever done that before. And I guess it was true. I started thinking of Carl Malone, but he was talking to himself, not the ball. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be mocking him going up against him when like at, at on the key for the free throw, but um, <laughs> whatever, if he doesn't care, just like do what you got to do to make shots. I mean, that's what, that's what Giannis did and turned out to be kind of okay at free throws in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it crazy if you think about like the euros um, and how the reputation used to be a little bit like that they were soft Mm-hmm. Right, like Euros were a little more, a little more soft, and now you have guys like, um, I mean, you probably have five like Euros in the league now with Shangun who are just like badasses. Yeah. Like you know, you throw Doncic and Jokic in there for sure, but even like like someone like Dragic, um, like these guys who are just they've just been through shit and I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to mess with them. I, I don't know. That's why I wanted Shangun. I just, I like the idea of someone who's been in the Turkish league, um, a place where you don't even necessarily get paid, right? Like you, you're not sure if the owner's going to declare bankruptcy <laughs> before your next game. Um, you got fans throwing batteries at you. Like it's, it's just, yeah. Is, I, Philly, I really is like Philadelphia it. and Turkey? <laughs> yeah so i was a big fan and i don't know like honestly what his ceiling is but i just i love um he's got some holes in his game still he's not an efficient scorer by any stretch but he's um i think he's great i think he's a good guy to have around which franchise because these two are linked from uh you know houston had to finish in the top four to not give their pick to okc which franchise do you think is in a better state right now? Oh, Houston. Like you couldn't you couldn't pay me enough to take OKC's situation. Like they are they are collecting all this stuff because they're a garbage franchise that no one wants to play for. And like mm-hmm. I, I I mean I'm sorry. I think Presti not um is I think he's brilliant. And I think they like three drafts in a row getting Durant, Westbrook and Harden, then throwing um, Ibaka in that mix as well, but getting those, nailing those three picks and getting Ibaka all timer. And they developed the team. That was, that was great. But the fact is they have no margin for error. And I just don't see how this is going to work out. I really, I really don't. I don't see them like developing the right amount of talent at the right time and then keeping it together. If they couldn't, pay an extra $5 million or whatever to keep James Harden. Um, like back in the day, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Max, who would you say, who would you, which franchise would you take between those two? Well, I think it's crazy. It's even a question because I feel like a month ago, people would be saying, okay, see, yeah. Uh, and Houston has kind of done these two draft picks really, <laughs> and has totally changed the outlook of their franchise we might be buying into summer league a bit too much, but I do feel like Houston may be the right answer. Uh, though I am very high on SGA. Yeah. I yeah. Just think he's awesome. Every time I watch him, I think he's awesome. And I think that while it is objectively probably the shittiest place to play in the NBA, uh, people are going to want to play with him. He just seems like a very good person to play with. Uh, he works hard. He's pretty quiet. he, he, Chris Paul clearly had a good thing going on with him. So I just think that 
they, they have developed this war chest. They don't need to hit on all of them. They need to hit on like one or two picks, maybe try to make a trade for a few good role players. And, and they could, they could be there sooner than Houston because Houston doesn't have the SGA at least now. But what about like SGA wanting out? Right. Cause Durant was the guy who was like awesome and everybody wanted to play with and all that. And it never worked out in those circumstances. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I think they've got a lot of picks. They've got a lot of bites at the apple, but unless it's going to be their pick, none of their picks are great. Right. Like Clippers picks um, are not going to be good now with Kawhi's extension. Clippers picks are out probably till 2025 as far as being useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's Yeah, it's Houston winning a lottery pick. Houston winning one of the lottery balls and, and OKC falling to six really hurt them. Because if they got one of those top four guys, we'd be, we'd be saying the opposite. Because I think Jalen Green is probably what pit puts Houston over the top. When I asked this question, I was also thinking Houston is the answer. Um, they With Jalen Green, they have somebody who could be a star. And SGA might be that guy too. The problem is, and he just signed a, a, a max extension, so he should be there at least another year or two. When, if OKC does hit on another draft pick, it's, they're going to have a little bit of trouble with the timing lining up. Because SGA's, you know, already going to be on a second contract, no longer his rookie deal, and may want out at some point. So they got to they gotta worry about that. Yeah, and you just that stink of losing is hard <laughs> to shake. Like, look at how many assets Philly got. And they still kind of got stuck in that losing mindset. And then they couldn't really convert all of them. And I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's hard what Oklahoma City's doing. I, I just think. With Philly, I mean, look, Philly did. It maybe hasn't resulted in, in a championship, but they did definitely build a, a contending team. And they get an incomplete because because uh, Hinky was fired before he could complete the deal. And the, <laughs> not not only was he fired, when Colangelo stepped in, he was absolutely terrible. He made the the, the Markel Fultz trade. He hmm. um, I don't know. There there are other moves I'm forgetting. I had you know the burner accounts <laughs> criticizing him. And, <laughs> ugh. So I guess we're not high on Poku, huh? <laughs> He's raw. <laughs> is he is he one of those tough Europeans, John? I I, I don't know how tough he is. Honestly, yeah. I have not really. I've seen the the highlights. I hear uh, Rusillo on um, Simmons' podcast, like like you know, singing his praises. But I don't know. <laughs> It'd be, I mean, Dort. I like Dort. I like Dort. That's a Nilakina comparison. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Still an interesting team. I, I hope uh, they're able, they're going to have to trade some draft picks at some point because they can't have that many players on their roster. So hopefully when the, but this, but this year might've been the time to try to use them to trade up. Yeah, I think I think so. The, I I mean, this was a great draft so far. Mm-hmm. It seems. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, Kuminga has looked great for Golden State. I know it's just summer league, but he's shown flashes. I saw him in an after game interview. He seemed like uh, he seemed very mature and thoughtful. So maybe he's got good character. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm judging this all from like five seconds of hearing him talk. But yeah, he he looks good. And and the one G Ignite game I watched, I was I was really impressed with Kaminga. But that happened to be the one game he was really good in. <laughs> Everything I hear. Um so any any other teams or players impressing you in Summer League? Max, did you get to watch it all? Yeah, well, we we should probably talk about the Kings, right? Our mm-hmm. Summer League champs. Oh, right. Raise that banner. <laughs> exactly. Davion Mitchell never never hasn't won a championship, right? Right. Uh, I I think he's awesome. Uh, I think 
their team makes absolutely no sense and it's the worst possible situation he could be in. But I do think winning at every level means something and he's just cool to watch and listen to and I like basically everything about him. So I'm really rooting for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him to be a distressed asset that a really good team picks up in another year or two. Because I don't, I don't see the Kings being successful under any circumstances. And so all I can hope for for Mitchell is that, yeah, that he gets to go somewhere and be good. Because he is. He's great. Love the guy. I also don't think the Kings will be good, but I, I somehow, some way or another, he's going to get like a full 30 plus minutes a game. There's, there's no way they're not going to play him after taking him number seven and seeing what he could do given his age and everything. I mean, he's, he's got better offensive skills than people give him credit for. Um, I, I, I was very high on Mitchell going into the draft, even before the tournament. I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back there. Uh, oh. and I picked Baylor to win, and I won my little bracket pool. Um, but yeah, he, he's great, and as you said, uh, he's won now at every level because summer league counts as an NBA championship. <laughs> what would I don't know? What do you think the move is for the Kings? Should they trade Fox, or I don't know? Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about the Thunder. That seems like a trade that maybe makes sense for both teams just get a bunch of draft picks and mm. move on from this guy that just hasn't been able to win with you i i still believe in fox and i actually was kind of hoping that the knicks might try to make some sort of move for him mm-hmm. i don't think Tampa signing has probably closed that door but uh you know he the kings are where good good players go to die so i think giving him a chance to be somewhere else would be great for him and allow Halliburton and, and Mitchell to play together, which I think makes a lot of sense. You have Fox for Obi. I hope I'll sign off on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Da- I mean, Davion's got to play, and he will. So we'll see if they do the three guard lineup, if they have success with it, like a la the OKC Thunder when with um, SGA, Chris Paul. Dort? I don't know. I feel like they had three guards. Three. Who? Schroeder. Schroeder. There you go. Oh. Schroeder. How about him? Uh, (laughs) He had to take a bet on himself contract. He and supposedly was offered an 80 million extension during the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of the uh, what happened to Nerland's Noel a few years ago at Dallas. But he's someone who, when the music stopped, um, all the chairs were taken. Good yeah, time. I think, I think though, um, I think he made the right move going to Boston, going somewhere that he can get a lot of playing time on a team that's going to get a lot of attention. And so, yeah, I, I mean, he can he can get some money next year. Yeah. It sucks. I feel bad. I. I mean, because I do really support the idea of betting on oneself. Like philosophically, I. That's why I they call it betting on yourself. <laughs> so I hope, you know, I hope he Because look at Noel. Like Noel's, you know, still in the league, still making money. And mm-hmm. so whatever. He could, um, he could be all right. He, plus, he's had one big contract already. The one that uh, was he was dumped off a few times because of it, so it's not like he's uh, never going to make money again, or or has very little money to work off of. These white boys in Boston love Pritchard, though. Oh now yeah, that he's looking good in summer league. Oh yeah, every single game. Oh my god, in Boston, yeah, they they love their white players. Oh. So Pritchard, yeah, there's going to be calls for Schroeder to ride the bench and put Pritchard in. <laughs> but Boston, thinking about Boston, um, one is like a lot of people have kind of forgotten about them in a way, even though Boston's always like in, in even though they're a big market team, no one's ever going to really forget about them. But because of their failure last year and then all the turnover with uh, Brad Stevens no longer being coach, 
they still have two of the best young players in the NBA. It's still a situation I would want. It, it was, it's a situation, not thinking about anything else. I would take over OKC and Houston. So, so they might they might have a good bounce back year. Where yeah. and thinking about the, how them and other teams in the East are pretty good. I um, I think the Knicks. I know Stephen A. Smith today said that they're going to make it out of the first round. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I would actually say no, but um, I, I don't I don't think that's a failure for them either. Totally. I I was thinking today, the Knicks don't often get compared to the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, but in my mind, they all entered that one Zion draft. Right. Uh-huh. And we came out, we came out as the losers. The Knicks came out as the losers, but would you, I would rather be in the Knicks position than either of those teams. I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue that you'd rather have Zion, of course, because he's by far the best player on any of them, but they seem like they're a disaster right now. Uh, and the Grizzlies are fine, but the Knicks are better. So, you know, even having this conversation, are the Knicks going to get out of a first round seems so unfathomable in the summer of 2019. Oh, yeah. And now it's a real conversation. Uh, All that said, I think they probably won't. Uh, I might just be saying that to protect myself. Mm -hmm. But the East got better. Uh, Every single team at the top, I think, got better. And the Nets are going to be at full strength. The Bucks have confidence. Joel Embiid, I think, is going to be on a mission. So unless we can get that four seed again, it's going to be real tough. And even if we do, I think we might be in yeah. trouble. The four seed was definitely an overachievement last year. Um, and even though I, I think they're objectively better, they're go- I mean, they're going to, the Knicks are going to be better this year, at least on paper, than they were last year. They probably will finish with a lower seed just because things just kind of bounced right for them last year. Uh, and this year you got, the I think, the Bucks, Nets, and Sixers will all finish ahead of them. Celtics are going to be bad. Probably the, probably the Heat and the Hawks. Heat got better. Yeah, yeah I was going to say the Hawks. So now you know you're 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 looking at like a play-in kind of seed, but still, all they got to do is stay competent. They had a great offseason and a great draft, and it's just it's like they're just they're waiting for that for to pounce on the star. Speaking and you you mentioned that draft, um, the Zion draft. Uh, Max, would would you because because the Knicks were considered the losers of the of that lottery, would you trade RJ straight up for Ja Morant at this point? Yeah, I think you'd have to. He he was so incredible uh, last year in the playoffs, and I actually I went to the Grizzlies Knicks game at MSG. Oh yeah, and I remember watching them the whole game, and it's just the ease with which Ja can put up 20 to 25 points a game. RJ can get there, but it's much more laborious and he's working hard and he's, you know, getting foul calls and it's not so pretty. And Ja's just like making, you know, highlight dunks and (laughs) hitting step back threes from time to time. And it just looked like a totally different type of player. So I think you, as delusional of a Knicks fan as I am, I think Mm -hmm. you have to make that trade. John, what do you think? Um, I think I think I agree with Max. The only the only thing I would I would say though is John Morant. <clears throat> he reminds me a little bit too much of Derrick Rose at times with just how much he's throwing his body around and how violently he like stops and moves. Like he's got crazy moves, but like. Remember how unstoppable Derrick Rose was? Like how, you know, I I just worry about um, injury. You know, that's that would be the main thing. But otherwise, I think I think Jaw's the real deal, at least as a scorer. Yeah, sure. but it's not as much of a no brainer as it was after year one. No, no, it's not. And I mean, that, I think that's awesome. That speaks very well of RJ and his work ethic. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, rumor trades for Dame always seem to include RJ, and I think you'd have to make that trade if it presented itself. But I, I don't know. I just partly because I want to root for RJ for a long time. I really like him. Um, 
But also it's like, now what are you left with if, if you, you, it's like Damon Randall basically. And I don't think that's enough to be a real contender. No, I don't like it. I think it's, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's the issue. It's the empty cupboard once Dame gets here and, I just don't like the I don't like the idea of Dame aging into his mid thirties with mm-hmm. no if, one else like, around and no draft picks and and making fifty million yeah. a year so no cash making base fifty to sixty million dollars a year, I, yeah yeah. I, I would I would basically trade everything for Dame. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, He's so likable. People in oh, New yeah. York would go nuts for him, and. You know, Steph Curry has kind of redefined what being in your mid-30s looks mm-hmm. like as a point guard with a killer shot. Uh, and you hope with a core of Dame and Randall that you can either attract someone else or make enough moves to get enough solid role players to, to make a real run. Because the Knicks have so many picks now that no matter what they package, they'll still keep some. And they have so many young assets that they'll still keep some. So I do think one of the benefits of the way we've been building a roster is that there's a real, you know, you can make a move without gutting it a la Carmelo, uh, a la the Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll definitely be, I mean, they're definitely going to be in the Dame talks. Um, I kind of want to see Dame and Embiid for whatever reason. I think we've talked about it on the show before, it, even though they're in the same conference or the same division and, you know, I generally hate teams from Philadelphia. I don't quite hate the Sixers. It's not like I don't yeah, hate I'm, them I'm like pulling for I'm pulling for Maury. Yeah, for sure. That's true. I feel like yeah, I I, I love that guy. Um, and so yeah, I would I would not begrudge the Sixers championship. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. So where do you think uh, Simmons is playing game one of the season? Seems like at this point, it seems like still Philadelphia because Maury's going to wait for the right trade. He's not going to rush it. So probably Philadelphia. I, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, so, so big was on one of the ringer podcasts. He like, he makes the point that you have to trade Simmons now so that you, you need to convince someone that that was an anomaly in the playoffs and you could still do that now if he comes back and he plays like that <laughs> again people are like that's who he is and he's you know basically damaged goods markel fultz or or whatever and then you're getting almost nothing i i don't know it has to at least be a consideration that you might it, you can maybe trick somebody into thinking that last playoff series was an aberration um, yeah, I mean that that is assuming that it it wasn't an aberration um, and that he's going to be terrible come the season, which may be because the fit with Embiid is not great. His his best position would be like a point center because he's a great distributor, great at getting to the rim if he's not afraid of getting fouled. And I, if I were a team, I would I would. I would maybe try to buy low on Simmons, although it doesn't seem like Maury's going to sell low. I, I still believe in the talent. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what uh, Portland does. Yeah. Max, where do you think he's going to be game one? I don't know. I don't think he can be in Philly still with the uh-huh. stuff. It's just, <laughs> those are like, they're human beings, you know, and yeah. he's just like, talking shit to the entire world about this game. It seems like a hard thing to overcome. And I, I would bet the Warriors, I don't really know how that works. Uh, and I feel like there probably will have to be a third team because I don't think the Sixers want young assets. But right. the Warriors have a lot to give to someone who would want a young asset. And then that maybe a third team can come in and give the, the Sixers you know, the role players slash borderline all-star to, to make it work. Yeah. I mean, maybe like who is that star or very good player to compliment Embiid? I mean, maybe Bradley Beal. Um, 
Warriors get Simmons and then Washington gets <laughs> Kaminga plus stuff, Wiseman and Hicks. I, I'm not totally giving up on, on McCollum. I think you could, you know, if they got McCollum and like, you know, Kaminga and two first round picks or something and uh, the Blazers got Wiseman. I don't know. I, you know, That's I haven't thought about what those teams have, but I do feel like there's something that maybe could be worked out there. Yeah. McCollum, McCollum's a better player than people think when he's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get out of here, Max, is there anything you want to plug or any thoughts, any prayers? No, this was great. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to join. I hope you'll bring me back sometime. And uh, I'm looking forward to this Knicks Celtics game in October. It's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. And that Atlanta versus Knicks game on Christmas. Did you see the the uh, uh, the Dolan J Trump account tweeted today after seeing or maybe yesterday after seeing the schedule and them on Christmas Day saying the war on Christmas is over? <laughs> John, any any final thoughts? Any final prayers? Uh, uh, yeah, for my uh, for my guy Weiss Camp. Yeah, out of Iowa, very disappointing um summer league like he just yeah i mean the guy can the guy can straight shoot he can shoot the lights out like he shot like almost 50 percent in college last year and he can he can play defense um but i i don't know where you go you were talking about frank right i don't know i don't know where you go from if you're a second round pick and you underwhelm in summer league Mm -hmm. i don't know what the next step is i kind of hope some other team picks him up. That's not the Spurs because I hate the Spurs. I think he but signed. He signed a two-way with the Spurs. Did he find? Did he sign a two-way with San, San Antonio? I, th- I think so. Which is okay. He based on where he was drafted, I would think he would have, you know, had a regular roster spot. And I don't know what the deal is with two ways. If um, no, I guess you. I guess another team can't sign you when you're on a te- two-way. I know with no, I don't think you can. I, I saw Garza, my guy Garza, yeah. signed a two-way with the with, with the Pistons. The... Yeah, it's not not a great um, not a great outcome for the Iowa basketball players. But I'm uh, I'm hoping for the best for those guys. They're they're good. Yeah, they're good. I don't think Garza can really play in the NBA, but I think Wieskamp actually can. Yeah, he's got the skill set. And and next year, Iowa, the cupboard is bare for the Hawkeyes next year. All they got is McCaffrey's son. <laughs> no, they got Bo, uh, the their Jordan Bohannon back for like year <laughs> ten. Yeah, he's uh, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Do you know, I think like um, on Villanova, Colin Gillespie, who was there the last time they won a championship, because he got injured before the tournament. I I think he's eligible for another year, so he's gonna be like in his sixth year. <laughs> Yeah, I think last year was Bohannon's sixth year, or next year is. But he got he got an injury redshirt. He got um, the COVID deal. He got he's gotten everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Bohannon, <laughs> stay in college forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a yeah, like uh, like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Bohannon. Uh, I of course am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. You could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you get your podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.